You're listening to Love Your City. It's a Movement Australia podcast. We believe that communities can be transformed as a unified church in every city or town lives and proclaims the gospel into every sphere of society. We'll tell stories from where this is already happening. We'll dig into the Bible to better understand God's heart for cities and towns. And we'll discuss practical strategies. Because no matter where you live, a gospel movement can happen. Well, welcome to another episode of the Love Your City podcast. Uh, Sam Jackson's my name. I'm usually here with Letitia Shelton. She chose not to join me today uh, for reasons that may or may not become apparent. Uh, Her brother is sitting on the couch next to me. We'll get to him later. Um, I've been watching The Voice uh, with my kids of late, um, and uh, I heard Guy Sebastian say something like this. I tried to find the actual quote, but it was something about the power of music to move us emotionally. Um, often connecting us with a moment in the past or a memory that we have and creating the emotion and and getting back in the moment from from the past. Um, I I don't think there's much doubt among many people and certainly you as a listener um, or now a viewer uh, as to the power of music. But today I want to talk with Evan and I'll introduce him in a moment about the the power and and the, the purpose of music in the context of a city gospel movement. Uh, how, how do we harness that power to see the gospel move more powerfully and profoundly in our places, in our towns and cities? And I am joined by Evan Shelton. G'day, Sam. Evan, we have talked about getting on the podcast for a long time, and finally, here we are. Here I am. Good to be here. It's very good. And if you can't get a Letitia Shelton, sub in for an Evan Shelton. There's plenty of Sheltons to go around. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> Letitia is actually sitting off camera to the side there, but she wouldn't sit next to you on the couch. I don't know what's going on. I don't know either. I... Sibling rivalry. Perhaps. Did you guys get on well when you were kids? Well, I see she's seven years older than me, so she claims to have half raised me. Um, (laughs) But I think we got on all right. I think we got on all right. This could be a very interesting, maybe not just one podcast episode, maybe a series of episodes. Well, yeah. Evan and Letitia. If you want to lose your listeners quick. (laughs) Well said, well said. (laughs) Evan, let me ask you this uh, to to kick off. Why is music important in any sort of movement? Yeah. Music is a very powerful medium and has, like many artistic forms, has the capacity to bypass just our, the intellectual side of our brain mm. and hit us in our emotions and in, in that in that heart side of things. So, um, you know, you think of pretty much any famous movement, particularly moves of God or mm. even historical movements, um, songs become really important to um, like summarising or bringing people together uh, you know, and identifying with that movement. You might think of, you know, um, the Wesleyan revival, John mm. and Charles Wesley. Charles mm. Wesley wrote thousands of yeah. hymns that, I mean, we still sing today, but they were the hymns of the movement. That's, you know, that were, you could identify them with the Wesleyan revival. Or I was even just thinking of, um, if you uh, watch the EPL, the English mm. Premier League, Liverpool, you know, and they sing that song in their stadium, You'll Never Walk Alone. Mm. And I don't even follow Liverpool, but I hear that song and all the hairs on the back of my neck mm. stand up. And mm. It's like this gathering of this movement, you know, that just summarises who they are. So mm. that's the power of, of music for any movement, mm. I think. Yeah, it's brilliant. I, I think of, um, you know, I love AFL um, and every team has a song and they sing it as they come onto the field. And if they win it, they sing it afterwards. That's and right. You've never seen grown men sing with more passion. That's right. And I'm even thinking of church, you know, <laughs> they, out, they outstrip them there. Absolutely. Um, 
for many of those who are familiar with Movement Day, they'd probably recognise your face um, from leading at Movement Day events. But for those who don't know you, Evan, uh, give us your credentials as a musician. My credentials <laughs> as a musician. Yeah. Uh, yes, well, um, Tish could tell you uh, started uh, singing at a very young age. Yes. I think uh, mum used to talk about me singing at the top of my lungs in the sh like in the grocery store. She'd be pushing me in the trolley and I uh, probably embarrassed her by, you know, hollering at the top of my lungs. But uh, yeah, I've always, always loved uh, music and song, but particularly uh, as a young man, my parents got me music lessons, saxophone, piano, and uh, uh, I was involved in my local church. So, you know, it's a great place to learn music, join the worship team and uh, was given great opportunities by... Um, the uh, the man, the worship pastor at our church, who was very releasing and great at training. Uh, and then after I left school, went to university, did a Bachelor of Music and have uh, just grew from there. So uh, uh, my main instrument was saxophone, actually. That's what I studied at university. Had a great time at uni uh, studying music and then uh, in uh, as a young man, learnt piano and a bit of guitar and always loved to sing. So... Um, it's a bit of my credentials. I became, the, I guess, the worship pastor at my um, church here in Toowoomba, uh, got into songwriting um, and was really thankful, actually, for lots of opportunities uh, that were, were given me uh, to lead outside of even the local congregation mm. con context. We had a large festival in our city called Easterfest mm. uh, where we got to really stretch ourselves, you know, leading thousands of people in open-air venues, um, it's, it was just a great way to learn mm. about how to lead in various settings uh, than just, you know, the normal congregation. So I was really thankful for that um, yeah. growing up here in Toowoomba. Yeah, absolutely. I'm interested, um, in your study at university, Bachelor of Music, um, did they talk at all about uh, the power of music in this, in, in what we've already discussed so far, in, in the ability to draw emotion, to, to, to uh, place us back into the past with a memory or a moment, all that sort of thing, and then the ability to bring people together? It's a good question. Probably not specifically. Uh, one of the things that you learn at university or in higher levels of music study is, um, is to harness your technique to communicate emotion. A wow. mature musician doesn't just um, know how to play the notes on the page, but they're able to connect their heart with it to communicate something through mm. that. So that's a lot of what you focus on, not that you can just play the notes, but that you can communicate the emotion that the composer is trying to get through mm. through those notes to your audience. Mm. So they wouldn't have used the terms that you've just used, sure. but uh, certainly you know, um, the musicians that you love to listen to are not just those that are proficient technically, but mm. you know, there's there's some other factor that they're communicating emotionally to you through what they're doing, even if it's just instrumental music. So, yes, but not in those terms. Sure, matter. I reckon you'd do all right as a as a um, judge on the voice with what you said. Like you know, I often see them saying, you know, you've just communicated so powerfully through that song. You you, you got into the song and you own that song. That's it. That's it. It's very true, though. I sound like I'm making fun of it, but it is. It is yeah. true, and you do sense it when it's there. Yeah. And also when it's not there. That's and you don't have to be a musician to sense it. Absolutely. Uh, you can tell yeah, this person's good. something coming through here yes. that's more than just the, the making of sound waves. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, very good. So then that's that's a good segue uh, to my next question. Apparently, I use the word segue a lot, but we won't get we won't go there. <laughs> um, with with all that said, uh, how do you see? music in its ability to enhance unity. I mean, unity is one of the, one of the features 
of a city gospel movement, the, the whole church of a city taking the whole gospel to the whole city. Mm. Um, how, how do you see music, music's role in helping to build that unity? Mm. Um, you may have already answered it, but just if you can articulate. Yeah, I think we touched on it a little bit at the beginning. But music and particularly songs and anthems of movements mm. are unifying because it's like it gives common voice to a large group of people. And I think that's one of the reasons why in the, in the scriptures command us to sing together mm. so often in the Psalms and Paul's writing in the, in the New Testament. Uh, the, the, uh, the command of the encouragement to sing together is a unifying act in itself. Mm. And it gives us common words. It's like um, it's a, songs are prayers that we can all pray together all yeah. at once. So in that sense, it can draw together people from different age groups and backgrounds, uh, different theologies, different ethnicities, even, mm. um, ar- you know, around this one, this one, this one thing. So, in that sense, it's a very powerful unifying mm. force. Yeah. As you were saying that, like you use the word, it can, mm. but it doesn't always. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, there, there was a there was a season there for the church, and in many ways, it's probably still raging. We call it the worship wars. Yeah. yeah. How divisive actually music uh, can be. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are some of the pitfalls? If, if we're trying to use music as a tool for unity, as someone who leads music and, and does it quite well, like I, I think back, most my most recent memory of you leading uh, is uh, the, the, the Christmas carol service here in our city. 15,000 people, well, it depends who you ask. I, I think I said 25,000, but I used to be a pastor, so I exaggerate <laughs> numbers. Sure. But anyway, um, I think 15,000 people is probably conservative. Uh, leading them in one song, uh, you do it well. So in terms of your advice to others who are seeking to unify people through music, what are some of the things we need to be careful of to make sure that we don't have <laughs> the worship wars on a city level, not just yeah. on a church level? It's a great question. Um I think of advice my dad has often given me. My dad is the worst singer in the world. Let the record <laughs> stay. <laughs> um, you might have seen the Mr. Bean episode where he goes to church and he sings that Alleluia song. Uh, wow. That's pretty close to dad's, okay. dad's effort. But um, d- dad would often say that, um, you know, for, say for a worship leader, a song leader, you need to build a bridge to connect with the people that you're trying to, trying to lead. And so you've got to connect with them. Uh, even just on a soul level, before you can take them anywhere, any in any to any other place, and so um, you got to meet people where they're at. So that can mean, you know, stylistically, um, song-wise, choosing something that they can just easily grab onto, uh, and, and and connect with them, and then you can take them, you know, into other different songs or styles. But finding the point of connection, mm. I guess, is really important, and that's a way of serving the people that you're sure. trying to trying to lead. Um, often we're so keen to get to where we want to go to or do our own stuff or, you know, we've got an agenda and we forget about the simple act of connecting with um, the people that we're trying to lead. So that would be the first thing from the leader's perspective. But I think there's also a role that those that are being led have to play as well and that's to have open hearts to be led mm. and not to, um, not to be too, uh, what's the word? Not to be too bound up by their likes and tastes mm. that they won't be led in a certain direction or won't be open to different styles or different ideas. Mm. Um, you know, often we we shut down or we don't like to be led because it's not really our thing. Yeah. Uh, but if we can keep our hearts open and think the best of those who are leading us, that and if both sides do that, mm. uh, I think that works out for the best in the end. I think that's great. Um, you know, I remember 
uh, one one uh, movement day event when I was standing next to uh, Letitia Shelton and I got whacked in the face by her exuberance. Her hand smashed me across the across the uh, probably intentional. I don't know, but anyway, um, you know. But uh, that aside, um, that was a joke, by the way. Um, you know that 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 whole focus on me as a worshipper and therefore what I want and what I enjoy and I'll come away from a worship service saying it was good because I got my fill it's it's totally not the point right <laughs> no it's not yeah. i mean we sh- hopefully we do walk away saying wow i did enjoy that of course but as a byproduct of being together again mm-hmm. the sense i mean if we're in the meeting together it's about us being together and about us together worshiping the god who's brought yeah. us together yeah uh, and if those things are the priority, uh, the personal stuff is secondary. Sure. And I mean, people can listen to and sing whatever they want at home in their own mm. bedroom, mm. Um, and they should. Yeah. But when we're together, um, those things take second place to the good of the group and the good of yeah. the God who's brought the group together. Yeah. I've got a million thoughts running. One of them is, you know, you said uh, coming, coming away having enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't say that Movement Day 2018, that last worship set I came away from enjoying... <laughs> Enjoying isn't the word I'd use, but no. however, really connected with God. Yeah, um, you know, I was lamenting, yeah. and that's a, they're appropriate other that's emotions right. other than just joy. Yeah, you know, worship. So anyway, we won't go there. It's a bit off topic, but um, you talked a little bit before about non-musical people connecting with music, and I, that, that's so true. As as a leader who's not musical, like you say, a little bit of guitar. Guitar has been an instrument that I've tried to master for years, and then you pick up a guitar. Someone who claims to play a little bit of guitar and is completely 50 times better than me, which is very frustrating. <laughs> but anyway, um, someone who's not musical, as, as someone who wants to see a city gospel movement happen, how can they, how can they engage with music in order to use that as a, as a medium through which to connect with people? Yeah, I think I understand what you mean by saying not musical. Um, I think everyone at a fundamental level is, is musical because... It's hard to find a human being who's not moved by music sure. or doesn't connect with music on some level. Uh, you you would be hard pressed to find someone who never listens to music, you know, it, even in some small way. So I think we're all, music is uh, a medium that's common to humanity, isn't it? And most people connect with it on some level. Um, for, but for those that aren't musicians, uh, but perhaps are looking to use music, um, you know, to help catalyze them their movement and you're in a place of leadership, say, or influence, I think um, beginning to gather those that are musical mm. and those that have the capacity to write music, uh, I'm a really firm believer that every movement should be writing its own original songs, no matter how small that movement is. Um, there's a unique sound and song that will reflect the movement in your place that will be different to every other place. Um, and that might sound a bit... A bit vague, but I think as you start to press into what God's doing in your place and the unique things that uh, characterize what God's doing in your place, there'll be a unique song that comes with that. So gathering those that are interested in music and in songwriting and in that creative art form and then beginning to release them, not just to copy other people, because um, so, that's the temptation. We copy those that are doing mm. it amazingly. And there's so many around the world that are writing amazing songs and amazing music. And we should use their stuff but not exclusively at the expense of also fostering the, our own unique sound that reflects our movement. Mm. So that would, I would be encouraging those that don't, maybe aren't musical to meet with those and release those that are mm. and just see what God might want to breathe through yeah. them so that they can contribute to the movement in that, that unique way. 
if we were going to grab a soundbite from this this chat so far, that'd be it. I think what you just said is so cool, like that that each movement in each city expresses itself in its own unique way. Yeah. That's true very broadly, but specifically with music, I yeah. think that's, that's brilliant. Well, you're right. God doesn't – there's not a cookie cutter, is it? Like in mm. each place, God's doing a unique thing. And there's commonalities. That's why – we're here to, you know, that's why this podcast exists, isn't mm. it? Because there are commonalities, but there's also such a uniqueness that can't just be transferred from one place to the other. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, you said Yeah, well. brilliant, man. That's so good. One more question before mm. you give us a song, which sure. I think is brilliant. Yeah. Um, this is probably a broader question than just music, but that connection between, I don't like these labels, but I'm going to use them because I think you'll get what I mean and our listeners will as well that connection between creatives and non-creatives and bringing those together. The reason I don't like the labels is because I think every single human is creative in, in their unique way. But bringing, you know what I mean, like creatives with non-creatives, how do you bring those two together uh, towards a city gospel movement? What are, what are some two or three things that you can think of in terms of advice to give to people who are struggling with that or wondering about that? It's a great question. And I probably can't pretend to have the answers. Maybe... There are some suggestions, and we've tried, you know, we've dipped our toe in the water a little bit in this city. Um, I think maybe it starts with understanding the role of the arts and creativity. Uh, I think in recent history, the church has maybe been a little bit guilty of treating creative art forms as a way of um, using it as propaganda. So using it as um, a way of, you know, promotion and that kind of thing, which is fine and, and valid. Um, but the arts and creativity in themselves have a prophetic role to play in, um, in pushing the boundaries, in, um, in uh, yeah, being a prophetic voice in their own right, not just a propaganda arm for the church in terms mm. of producing slick videos or flyers or you know back songs for our you know the, in the in the propaganda sense i hope that's making sense and yeah, that's not to be critical yeah. of what churches are doing but the arts are more than that uh and they can play a role in if you're releasing your artists um i think the arts themselves are prophetic in the sense that mm. artists can step into that new territory and uh, almost lead the way in bringing people into a new place. Again, that sounds a bit vague, but they need to, and they need to be released. They need to be released to experiment. They need to be released to push boundaries. They need to be released to um, to follow the creative instincts, even if it seems wild or a bit crazy to those that maybe don't mm -hmm. get it. Um, but often it's in that pushing into new territory that then paves the way for something fresh and new in God. Mm -hmm. um, and then again, it, from the other side of things, I think um, it's easy for creative people to get caught in their own enclave mm. and um, because they have particular personality and so they tend to group together with people that understand them, you know, and, uh, and with people that maybe don't understand them, well, they, you know, they, they're not, maybe not so great at integration, but for creative people to work at listening to and integrating with their other leaders and other people that are doing, um, doing other things and to try to understand where they're coming from as well, uh, and then to draw their creative inspiration from what their leaders are saying or what others are saying, and so that there's a there's a sense of community, not mm. segregation, mm. and that we're in it together, not the 
creative people are out here and others non-creative here, but but that we're in this thing together. Yeah. So I don't know if that makes sense, but it um, does. um, and then just finding small practical ways to uh together, uh, whether it's a Facebook group or a WhatsApp group or some way to uh, get a sense of what's being created uh, and how that can be um, can be used to further the movement. Mm. I don't know. It's no, that's brilliant. You know, it, it dawned on me not long ago that the days of the preacher and the, and the man of God, and it, that's not meant to be a sexist statement. It, in, in the past, it sort of has been that man of God or man of the cloth or whatever, having some kind of uh, spiritual authority to speak to the city, to speak to the leadership of the city and all that sort of thing, like as a go-to person on some matters, those days seem to be gone. Um, and, it, and it sort of hit me that, that that platform is now for the creative people to speak prophetically to a city. And I've seen this in action from some of the stuff you've done, some of the stuff other creatives have done in our city. When they put the, the message, the prophetic message, mm. they don't call it that, but that's essentially what it is, not to the church, but to the city, to a song or spoken poetry or, or a painting or something like that, that, that seems to be that that's, that's got the power that maybe the man of the cloth used to have in a, in a bygone era. Yeah, that's a, that's a wild thought. I think yeah. there's um, real truth to that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think of stories we've heard from Leslie Sutton yes, uh, in Manchester, absolutely. you know, um, engaging a community with her artwork, which is has a real prophetic edge to it. Mm. But people aren't, yeah, they're not seeing it as like this is a church thing. They're just coming to yeah. enjoy, but they're being essentially ministered to by the prophetic statement that she's making uh, in a way that a sermon never can. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think there's real validity Absolutely. to that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, totally, totally. You're going to perform a song for us, The yeah. Earth is the Lord's. Can yeah. you give us uh, in 30 seconds the story behind the song before you perform it? Yeah, I really struggled writing this song. Um, so it's based on Psalm 24, mm -hmm. uh, that God, He owns everything, that this world, it's so easy to think, man, this world is so messed up and screwed up and, is there any hope for the world? But then you read Psalm 24 and you realize, no, this is God's world. We live in a fathered world, a world that exists mm. for our flourishing and for our good. Uh, and it combines with other scriptures, Psalm 2, that God is also the king of the world. And then Romans 8, where, um, you know, even though there's a groaning of creation, all things are being made new. Mm. Uh, so um, this is a song that I am personally attached to mm. and has been a... Um, Personally, an encouraging declaration. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, excellent, mate. And it's great to have you perform it. Um, get ready for that, and I'll and I'll wrap it up because we'll sign out with this song. Uh, Evan, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Pleasure. That's been a brilliant discussion, and I think we could have follow up discussions with some of the stuff that you've you've brought out there. Um, I feel attached to this song too. Actually, uh, it takes me back to to a few Movement Day events as well as services that I've been involved with when Evan's led. So uh, over to you, mate, and uh, may God bless you in the future. In the beginning he spoke Light out of darkness, creation awoke Galaxies burst into life at his simple command All that exists is sustained by his powerful hand The earth is the Lord's and everything in it all creation is rightfully his. He owns.
owns it all, and he's in control. The earth is the Lord's. All wisdom and wealth in his hands. History kneeling submits to his plans. Nations may rage, but the Lord is the sovereign one. Though they conspire, the Lord won't be overcome. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. All creation is rightfully His. He owns it all and He's in control. The earth is the Lord's and all of the nations will gather to worship the King. All colors and tongues singing as one. The earth is the Lord's. by evil's decay creation is groaning awaiting the day when finally death and destruction are thrown out of view when finally Jesus returns making everything new we'll be singing No. 